You are listening to the Gimme 5 Podcast, episode 109. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Woohoo! Happy Turkey Day! podcast a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things we talk about pop culture nostalgia movies and music my name is greg and i am joined by rob gobble gobble baby totally almost mispronounced your name as rub i don't know why that's what you were thinking that's why (laughs) joined by rub and jimmy a little robin tug Hi. <laughs> I followed that one up. So this is a Thanksgiving episode, kind of. Usually we have some uh, completely unrelated subjects when we talk about this stuff in pop culture. But this time, the subjects are very similar. Two things we've that got, have so much in common. Yes, we've got Frozen 2. Yes. And the Polly Shore classic 1993 comedy, Son-in-Law. I mean, classic is a relative. You shut your whore mouth. I'm going to say a lot. It is a classic. A fucking stupid movie is what it was. (laughs) It was a hundred times better than Robo Vampire. So you shut your mouth. Speaking of Robo Vampire, I guess we could announce this now. I, I always keep a pretty decent eye on which episodes are performing the best. Shut up. And we have a new episode for a while, it was actually Rob's birthday episode that was our best performing. Yeah. But then it got overtaken by one of my favorite episodes, the one about the dirt, Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. That was a great episode, by the way. But. You should download that overtaken. one and put it back over this one. <laughs> <laughs> it got overtaken by episode, I think it was 98 or 97, one of those, about Robo Vampire. We should delete that episode. <laughs> because apparently you guys like seeing rob angry or hearing rob be angry <laughs> yeah you guys rob i hate all of you you love watching good movies this is what you love oh shut your mouth <laughs> yeah so anyway that's that uh after we get done talking about what we're going to talk about which i'm pretty sure is just frozen two and son-in-law anyone else had something i think we're good after done with that we will come up with a top five list relating to our topics and we will chat about it so, guys, as always, it's a review show. We're going to spoil some shit. If you don't want to hear about it, fast forward, pause, go watch it, come back later. You know the drill. Don't blame us. We warned you. I swear to God, if we get one email being like, you guys ruined son-in-law for me, and I'm never <laughs> listening to you again. Oh, cool. <laughs> God, that totally reminds me of when we were playing the uh, the Simpsons game. And they released the uh, the Star Trek Next Generation stuff, and oh. and somebody somebody said, "Oh yeah, when when Picard escaped from the Borg," and somebody like legit gave them a hard time. Is like spoilers, man. Come on, blah blah blah. And it's like, bro, this is like thirty years old. Yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't get a spoiler warning on shit that's thirty years old. I think there's like a one or two month hiatus. So. 
Uh, news. How about some, some news that is not 30 years old? Anyone got any? I do. I oh, some, God. What happened? Some, some quick news that's not 30 years old. Uh, one of my favorite bands that we've we've talked about several times on this podcast released, to me anyway, a surprise album. I don't think it was a surprise really to anyone else as I have this tendency to kind of be really obsessed with one one album or one band for a little while. And then I'll just Google them a few months later to see what's going on, see if they're coming near here or anything. Uh, Dog Fashion Disco released an acoustic album. And it's called Tres Pendejos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> three pubic wow. hairs, I believe. It's, uh, yeah, acoustic versions of some of their songs, some cover songs. Uh, while on the outside might seem innocent enough, but if you listen uh, to the lyrics, you will realize what a beautiful genius uh, the singer is, uh, the lyricist. And uh, it's just amazing. And I think you should check it out. It's uh, Tres Pendejos on uh, Razor to Wrist Records from Dog Fashion Disco. I will check that out. Yeah, definitely. Let me know what you think. I got one more thing, gentlemen. Uh, quite possibly the greatest thing ever um, happened to me today. I was in a, a, a wonderful restaurant slash carniceria uh, meat market called La Hacienda today. And... Uh, I stumbled across a, a little delicious um, cocktail drink that I wanted to, to show you guys. I'm going to talk our, our listeners through it, and I want your genuine reactions. Um, you guys know how much I love Clamato juice. Now, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to introduce you to something new here. This is a uh, Clamato. <laughs> Camaranazo. Cameronazo. Did you say uh, camel toe? So, <laughs> well, Cameron is shrimp. Yes, it's have shrimp in it. Look at this, Cameronazo. Mm. This is a juice. He's holding it up to the camera right now yep. for you guys out there. And it's spicy. It's spicy. Uh, so Rob's out. Yep, pretty much. Anything spicier than a rice cake, Rob is not involved. Tomato um, and shrimp cocktail. So it says, uh, "Great for seafood cocktails." It's a uh, shrimp juice and tomato, so it's uh, shrimpado, shrimp tomato. Um, I can't wait to try it. It's warm right now. I'm not going to drink it. I'm not crazy, but uh, <laughs> that actually that looks better to me than clamato, than clamato juice. Yeah, you can uh, mix with beer for a perfect chelada. It says so. I'll I want to mix that with shrimp for like soup. Like, cook with it. That's a, that is a new thing. See? All you people out there that are not going to the, the spooky stores with the, the different languages inside such there, like the Asian markets and stuff, you're missing out on shrimp juice. Yeah. Go on and get your shrimp juice, children. Yeah. Or, or you know, go go out of your houses. Go to the, the other grow stores. grow up big and strong. Yeah, yeah, and shop local. Damn yeah. it. Do it. Well, I got some sad news, guys. Oh, oh no. no. Sad, sad news for me. So Thanksgiving is the unofficial holiday of Mystery Science Theater fans. They call themselves Misties. I don't, even though I'm a fan. And it is the unofficial holiday because they call the movies, the crappy movies they watch, turkeys. And they used to do a turkey day marathon where they would play all of their episodes nonstop. That was a bigger deal back in the day because binging wasn't really a thing. 
So when they played a marathon of something, it was kind of awesome. It meant something different. Yeah. So Netflix, of course, had picked up Mystery Science Theater for another season after they had gotten canceled. And then they did another season, but they just announced they are not renewing Mystery Science Theater for their 12th or 13th season. I think it's... Aww. Yeah. Um, That's a shame. Yeah, so... That sucks. They said it's not the end. They're not sure what what's going to happen. Last time they came back, it was due to a, a Kickstarter. But you know, it's it's kind of hard to get some of the rights to some of the the movies. So when Netflix was involved, they got some of the movies like uh, Mac and Me, and movies that you actually could kind of see and recognize, not just Mac and Cheese. Yes, Mac Mac and Cheese. But uh, Mac and Me's got one of the single greatest uh, scenes in a film ever. Yes, the the wheelchair scene that is. Yep. Constantly annoying Conan. <laughs> and if anyone watches uh, Conan when he has, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ant-Man. Uh, Paul Rudd. That is Paul Rudd, uh, Paul Rudd on it. Hayden uh, Christensen. Yes, that whenever is he has Hayden Christensen. Yes, it is. On there. Um, ben Stiller. You'll see that, that, that he tortures Conan with that clip. So anyway, yeah. Mr. Sun Theater, I will be binging it tomorrow in honor of Turkey Day, which I do every year. But Nobody resists White that? Goodman when he puts on his fancy shoes. <laughs> What's that? He said Ben Stiller, so I quoted Ben Stiller. Oh. Uh, gotcha. So, I think that takes us out of regular every world entertainment news. But, as you guys know, we live in Florida. <laughs> yeah we do yeah i'm excited for this one so of course that means other news and what news is that rob well it's did... time for it's weird, shit, weird in shit in florida in florida <sighs> God damn it's harmony florida. yeah assholes. yeah well I thought we would get, you know, away yet again. I was like, oh, we're halfway through the week. We should be good. We're halfway through the week of nothing crazy happening in Florida. You know it take a whole week. No. But this time it's actually not Florida man. This time it's Florida dog. Oh, God. Yeah, it's Florida dog. We are now corrupting our pets. Yeah. So a dog in Florida went on a joyride. So someone apparently left their car running. In a, on a cul-de-sac. Oh, I heard about this. <laughs> and a dog, uh, the the driver got out and I guess uh, left the dog in the car. And it wasn't his dog though; it was like a neighbor's dog. Oh, really? Yeah. And the driver <laughs> got out. He, he got, I guess he, it said it, the car owner made a wrong turn on his way home, which is a little weird in itself. But so the guy got out and closed the door on the dog. Like, not to hurt the dog, but just to stay so he could go do whatever. And all of a sudden, the car got shifted into reverse, and the car ended up going around in circles in the cul-de-sac backwards for almost an hour. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so this dog named Max was driving for a while. Oh, Max. And the door was locked oh, because the, the car went into reverse. It automatically locks the doors. But the problem is, is that the driver actually had his other key fob, and the battery was dead on that. Oh my god! Um, the do- it did run over a mailbox. Max, the dog, 
uh, is happy and fine. He was not wearing a seatbelt, but did, and did not get a citation. I was going to say, did they give him a ticket for it? That'd be funny. So even yes, the dog, sir, your your dog was not wearing a seatbelt. Even Florida <laughs> dogs are getting in on the action. So that was more of an adorable story than we're used to. Yeah, so. nobody got hurt. It's a it's a little easier to digest. Yeah, the dog's oh, not like, enjoying his fame, and he's going to go out and like beat someone up for the lottery ticket, and then use it to buy meth or something. <laughs> you don't know his <laughs> life. <laughs> don't you judge him? Yeah. Let Max do Max, man. Back off. Fine. Max, you are you can be a meth addict. Jimmy says so. I don't have a problem. I can stop anytime. Okay. Are we done with all of the intro stuff? I think we may be. Okay. I think so. Well, let, let's get into some topics here. Rob, I know you done saw Frozen. Yeah, I just saw it today, actually. Oh. Jimmy, you did not, based on your head shake. I have zero plans on seeing that. Did you see the first one? Nope. Because uh, you're a heathen. I'm not going to see it unless somebody incapacitates me and makes me watch it. It's actually pretty good. I don't care about that movie. So what, so what did you think? What did you think, Rob? Your initial thoughts. You you saw it, yes? I did. Go ahead. It's totally fine. My my initial thoughts are it's a sequel. Um, it is, in fact, a sequel. It is not going to be as good as the original, and it in fact wasn't. I thought the the music was not Jesus. All the lights just went off in Greg's house. <laughs> Greg's about to be murdered, and yeah. uh, Greg's about, about to, to be murdered. Um, it it was not as good as the original. I thought the songs weren't as good, and it it, it was hard because I was trying to figure out what it was. There wasn't a real standout, like, anthem song. Like, Let It Go was for the first Frozen. There wasn't one of those songs for this movie. And one of the things that I felt, at least after seeing the movie, was that these are not songs necessarily that I will be, that I will go out of my way to listen to. Um, These songs lose something when they aren't paired with the video accompaniment. So like the, the really touching mo- there, there don't get me wrong. There were some really touching moments in the songs, mm-hmm. but I don't see them having the same impact without seeing what's going on on the screen. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. Like, like the story that's being told on screen is significantly adding to the song and like the song without what's happening on screen really doesn't have that much of an appeal. There's not enough of a catch to the song to make me want to listen to it and repeat it, you know, like, like I could listen to the original frozen soundtrack and that'd be fine. I wouldn't have any issues, but I wouldn't go out of my way to listen to this soundtrack. Right. So there's no standout song, like let it go. There's not, no song from this that you're going to kind of be humming along when you're in the shower right. or anything like that. Correct. Yeah. I get that. Have any, anything like rain and blood. Uh, it's actually the end credits. Uh, so, oh, yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, you're, I was wondering if you are going to say that because you, you tend to critique the music. I wish that mm-hmm. there was no music most of the time. Wow. Although the the Let It Go thing back in the day actually was like, wow, that was pretty cool. 
It was it right. was an excellent song. I mean, "Let It Go" is is still actually a great song, mm-hmm. um, in and of its own merits. Even outside of the movie, it's still a great song. And yeah. I just don't see any of these songs having the the gravitas to hang around like that. Right. Oddly I enough, will say. Song... Oh, good. I was gonna say I will say though that there was one song that I was like, "Oh my god, this is so great! This is so great!" But it had it had almost nothing to do with the actual song and had to do with the fact that the song in the movie was presented as like a nineties boy band song. Oh, you're talking okay. so Christoph song. Right? Yes. Yes. No, it was presented as, well, first of all, it was presented like the video for Bohemian Rhapsody. So he's singing with a bunch of reindeer and you know, the Bohemian Rhapsody video where they have oh, just but, in but the dark. See, it, it took aspects from like all of these different songs because yes, the, the reindeer in that dark room. Absolutely. However, it had all of the scenes like the, the slow motion hair grab, lean back your yeah, head, it was, it was slowly I, appearing out from behind trees with like multiple versions of Kristoff all on the screen at once. It had yeah. this one scene where he like walks up to the edge of this, of this calm crystal clear lake. And he just kind of like, stares out at the lake and like sings out at the and i'm like what the hell is going on it was apparently written as like a michael bolton song and, and that's kind of what i got from yeah. it it was yeah. it was like a 90s music video was like my favorite sequence in the movie or my favorite not sequence but like song in the movie oddly I, I i thought it was hilarious but but to me that i i would almost agree with you that 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 was like my favorite musical sequence but to me it had more to do with the visuals that accompanied the song as opposed to the song itself you know what i mean yeah the uh i i got the feeling that the people involved making the music are like okay we have to somehow beat let it go obviously. and they didn't they didn't and they didn't it's just, i don't think anything will right. but that into the unknown song where they like kept on like pushing her voice towards the end, mm-hmm. like it seemed like they were like, oh, okay, well she did let it go. Let's let's see what else she could do with her voice. And it, I didn't like I didn't like that song all that much. Which I think that I didn't. First, like, I didn't like it either. I thought Show Yourself was better. Yeah, I think into but the it, unknown was the first one that they like pushed out there as like a single as well, which I thought was a right. little of a weird choice. I didn't. I wasn't so great. But, I, I wasn't um, feeling it. Yeah, so let's let's go in here real quick. Uh, Frozen Two, Kristen Bell, of course, Idina Menzel, or uh, what is it? What is Adele Dazim? Adele Dazim. Yeah, uh, Josh Gad, Jonathan Groff, Sterling K. Brown, Evan Rachel Wood, Alfred Molina, Martha Plimpton, written by Jennifer Lee and a bunch of other people, directed by Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee. Martha Plimpton. Uh, yeah, I think Martha. Why did I, Why did I think she died of like an OD back in the nineties? <laughs> she did not. She's on a bunch of stuff. Wow, who she was in Goonies. Of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, she was in Goonies. Yeah, I you didn't. And probably Donna Plato, but you know, it was Donatella. I, I, I thought she was Donna Plato was, is, is, did die of some sort of overdose. Yeah, oh, Martha Plumpton is doing well. She's fine. Good. Dana Plato was the sister in Different Strokes. Yes. The story, the summary: Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, Olaf, and Sven leave Arendelle to travel to an ancient autumn-bound forest of an enchanted land. They set up. They set out to find the origin of Elsa's powers in order to save their kingdom. I was a little scared this was going to be a little bit too much of an origin story. They did touch on it, but not An origin too story of what? You said Elsa. an autumn-bound florist? Yes, an autumn-bound florist. Forest. Oh. Uh, like Gump. <laughs> florist uh, Gump. Like, yeah, like Florist Gump. <laughs> <laughs> florist My gump. name's Florist. 
Florist Gump. <laughs> we, I'm going to open up a florist and call it Florist Gumps. That's the title Leave of the episode. <laughs> In a million dollars, I need to share with you guys what off air as well. Uh, I thought the movie was beautiful. That's so clever. I thought the visuals were incredible. Um, some of the shots that they had, particularly. We're not going to go too big into plot. First of all, we always do a little review for the kids. The kids will love it. My kid has actually seen it twice. My wife has seen it twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen it once. But, I saw it once. Jen saw it twice. Uh, she saw it without me the first time. My my child uh, did actually like this better than Frozen, oddly enough. My child, by the way, who will be one of the little rock trolls from the first Frozen in the school play. Thank you very much. Nice. Yeah. He's going to be a star. Did you stay all the way to the end credits, Greg? I did. I did. Okay. We, I, you will, we'll talk about that momentarily. Good to hear Rain and Blood by Slayer. Yeah, that's where Rain and Blood was played. It was, it was, a, it was a twist. But I thought the visuals were really good, particularly – I thought the, the water slash ice horse thing was really cool looking. The way yeah. the, the main was constantly like pouring water. Right. Looks like a waterfall. Like the guy from Papa John's. Oh, timely joke right there. If you saw that interview, there we go. If you guys didn't, that's okay. Oh. People out there did. Papa Sweaty. Yeah, he was sweating profusely and talking about how he's eaten 40 pizzas in the past 30 days. It's not helping your reputation, dude. Nobody cares about him. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I thought that was really good. The the forest scenes, the... His reputation, not yours. You're fine. Yes. He's an asshole. You're only 15. You don't have a rep yet. I don't know what age he was, actually, but... Anyway... Uh, so I thought that was really good. The, there's one shot where the, right before I think Elsa rides across a big icy plane and the camera kind of goes up past the rocks and autumn trees and stuff. Mm -hmm. It just, it's the, the detail on the rocks and just looks realistic. It's awesome. I'm scared Jimmy's going to show us something when he stands up. Uh, I thought that was really good for the music you actually already covered. I, I pretty much was going to guess that that was your, going to be your opinion about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I tune out as I've told you guys a million times. So I, I can't form an opinion about it because. Which I think is, is friggin' ridiculous for someone who's so big into music. Okay, to actually just, I hate out. the musical portion of like any show. It's, it's so weird. I don't know why I try not to. I'm like, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to focus on this. And all I find myself focusing on is me thinking about focusing on it. Um, except for let it go. It's weird. Uh, there was, the thing I actually did like about this movie, it it treated Anna differently, which mm-hmm. you always kind of wonder just like. Because Frozen, Frozen seemed like Elsa's story and here's Anna over here. Yeah, and I always thought that too. Like when you go to Disney, there's always like the big sister is Elsa and the little sister always has the Anna costume and she always kind of seemed like you could tell that she wanted to be Elsa. But just didn't get the chance. Whenever like my kids are playing with their friends, the the whoever the more dominant child is always ends up being Elsa. And it like the character of Anna was kind of like second fiddle, even though she had some big parts in the first movie, although they were huge mistakes most of the time. But I re- I actually really liked that they kind of went back in time a little bit. They showed they showed that little this story thing. Did you see the two cameos in the story? By the way, that the the little ice toys that they were playing with. Oh, I I saw Dumbo and I saw Baymax. And uh, Snow White was in there too. Oh, Snow White was in uh, I knew there was probably another one in there and I was trying to look at them and focus on them, but they were on screen so quick. I yeah. I, I only saw the two. Yeah, I didn't see them either. I, I 
read it after the fact, but I thought that was kind of kind of cute. So I do that, and then it it adds a little bit of enchantment in the storyline and all that, and then you kind of see Anna grow, Anna, Anna, whatever, throughout mm. the story, in a very natural kind of way. So I actually really like that part. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because she was she's totally one of those like like uh uh ADD people who anytime something is said to him she's like are you saying that blah 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 and the scene where she turns to Kristoff and was like are you saying I'm crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually laughed out loud in the theater I was like oh my god did your theater there was a really dark joke in this movie that the theater lost it for when Olaf was giving his, was telling the story of the first movie to the people that had been trapped in the forest. Mm-hmm. And when he's like, you know, this happened, and they finally met their parents. I was like, oh, he's like, and they were dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like everyone in my theater cracked up. I was like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, this movie actually had a very big sense of humor about the first one. Uh, particularly the, the cringe that Elsa gets when she's kind of, you know, rehashing her past in ice. And she sees the let it go moment. Oh, yeah. And she's like, ugh. <laughs> Which, uh, and, all then, the and then when Hans but... shows up and she makes him fall apart. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, no. Nope. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Actually, oh, my child. This is spoiler time. You guys know this at this point. My child actually wanted me to say something on the podcast. Oh, He noticed something. What did he notice? So he noticed when Elsa got frozen. Mm-hmm. That she that she was in exactly the same position that Anna was in the first movie. Because she's like reaching up and whatever. Yeah. He's like, oh, they look the same. So, uh, well, he will stab, he will stab you with the turkey knife. Potato tomato. Uh, tomato it's close. Tomato. It's 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 not the same position, but it's close. Do you have uh, Jimmy? Are you going to have some Thanksgiving clamato juice? Um. No, I don't have any. I've got this. Oh, this the shrimp one. Camaronazzo. Um, <laughs> Are you coming over to Greg's for Thanksgiving? No, sir, I'm not. I um, surprising. Uh, my mom came in today, and her husband. So uh, I am. We are taking them to the place that Susie and I are getting married, uh, and they have no idea. Awesome. So yeah, should be should be a good time. Gotcha. Very cool. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna close up Frozen here. I got a couple other things. Go for it. Uh-huh. I think it's really cool that the little snowball guys have made an appearance throughout this world because they're at the end sequence, as you know, Rob. Uh huh. And they're doing they're kind of rehashing the Olaf telling the story, and he's telling the story to Marshmallow. Who's, I love the way he tells the story too. By the way, yeah, he's basically telling the story of this movie to. Um, to the big marshmallow guy from the first movie. And they have all of the little snowball guys, which are, are paying attention. And the snowball guys are from a short that came with the first movie or came after the first movie. It came with, what movie was that attached to? Was it attached was that, to, it was attached to the Baymax movie actually, right? It may have been. Was that the traditions one? It was the one where she gets a cold and she, every time she sneezes a little like, Ball appears, little snowball guy. Mm, those are boogers, and they're and, they're also on the ride too. So. But which is why that's what I was gonna say. Like that's awesome. They're on the ride too. It's, it's like this little thing from a short, 
and then they're on the frozen ride and then they're at the end of this movie i think it's kind of a cool thing that they're like they're tying into a little five minute short which is neat promoting drug use yeah and of course uh money the giant pile of money so first of all there was an article that i read i believe saturday night after i saw this movie that was like some dude was actually saying it was underperforming because it made a certain amount of money and that the the surprise sequel is dead. That was his article. And I wanted to reach through my computer phone screen, whatever, and beat him to death because yeah, the number... keyboard warriors always have something stupid to say. Yeah. yeah, like he was saying that the surprise sequel is dead, meaning the sequel that makes more money than the original because the sequel becomes a huge hit. And it either reminds people of the original or it, like, I don't know, like I can't even think of any right now, but I don't understand his logic because the movie made a shit ton of money, like a whole lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to find that right now because I thought I wrote here. It, is. it uh, broke a lot of records. It's already hit over 300 million, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This is as of 1125. So we are recording on the 27th, so two days ago. So it was before Thanksgiving break for the most part. Uh, it made... 130 million in North America, 228 million internationally. So that is in first weekend in a few days, 358.2 million. That is ahead of all estimates. Um, it is going, it has already gone past a record of $10.8 billion. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That is Disney that has gone past a record of $10.8 billion in global ticket sales. And that's before the rise of Skywalker oh. happens. Which I'm getting um, more and more excited about. So I even get closer to the microphone to say that the top international opening for all time for an animated film, which is actually a surprise. <laughs> Do you know what the all time top op international opening for an animated film was? I would Big have Hero guessed. six. I would have never guessed. Yeah, as close to Wayne's World. No, two thousand nine's Ice Age: Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Really? Yeah, that's I. Yeah, I would have lost that question with Ray Romano. Yeah, biggest ever opening. Yeah, a <laughs> Ray Romano movie just lost its record. <laughs> uh, Disney Animation Studios or Pixar released so it's, it made fifty three million in China. It made a shit ton of money to go with all of the other money Disney has made this year. So don't feel bad for them. Uh, though you could probably feel bad for the people that made uh, Charlie's Angels, which did not do so well. <laughs> which I pretty I think that opened up next to Frozen, but that was a bad idea. Who thought that was a good idea? No one. We're like, those. let's put Kirsten Stewart, Kristen, Kristen Stewart, and yeah. oh. I don't even remember who the other two. Girls I, were. I don't either. And for some reason, Aquafina um, and Hayden Christensen, I think. Uh, Anakin. Yeah, sure. Why can you say the wrong thing and I can't? <laughs> because he's a moron. Yeah. <laughs> So am I. <laughs> Shut your mouth. I too am a moron. He's, he's drinking wine out of a Groot. <laughs> <laughs> he almost spit it on his microphone. Yeah. Okay. So Frozen 2. Are we done talking about it? I think we are. Good. Because I, I cannot I wait. I enjoyed it. Go see it. I, I, Greg, our rating system. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Sorry. 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 Uh, just for the visuals alone. See it. Big screen. Uh, maybe IMAX, 
maybe 3D. It depends. And we were talking about this tonight. I don't know that that you lose anything by not seeing it in 3D. I think the only scene that might have been neat in 3D was the one where the Giants were throwing shit at Anna. Like actual yeah. shit? Yeah. Yes. It was, it, yes, it was the, actual shit. Jimmy's like, I'm going to go see this movie now. He just, he just dropped his headphones and ran out of his house. See you guys He's later. like, hold on, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get in line with the guys that's all camping out in front of Best Buy and so yeah, other other than other than that scene, I don't know that there's really anything that that you need to see in 3D. Um, it could benefit from IMAX. It is a it is a very pretty movie. The animation is spectacular. Um, I I don't know that you need to go see it opening night, but it's definitely worth a look see in in a in a theater. I cannot get this image out of my head of when they like take the 3D movie and add like a little something extra to the 3D part of like a giant throwing an actual poop towards the screen <laughs> and like a small piece of corn flying off and getting close to the camera. Like it hits the crowd. Ew. Yeah. You're gross. I am gross. That's why I like you. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about son-in-law and yeah, we Jimmy, are. put on your angry face. It's, it, you see it? It's already on. He looks defeated. He it looks very defeated. Stupid. I tried, man. Excellent. Yeah, buddy. Have you had you seen it before? I saw it a long time ago, and I, that's when I saw it. When Paulie Shore was really big, everybody was talking like him. Um, he was hosting like Spring Break, and he was just everywhere at the height. You know, after Encino, man we'll talk about here in a second um, at the, at the height of his, his kind of fame um, for that, like two and a half minutes that people thought he was funny. Um, and then I watched it the other night. And so are we first impressions? Uh, yeah, some initial thoughts, initial thoughts. So I'm going to do story time. Cause I do have a poly shore story, which I do believe needs to be told on this podcast. Okay. But but uh, go ahead, go go with the important stuff. Yeah, initial thoughts. I mean, I I know I I had seen this movie. Um, it is uh, starring Polly Shore, obviously, and a, a young Carla Gugino um, from Gerald's Game, which we've talked about many many other things. Uh, and uh, it's a, a city slicker who's been at college for way too fucking long. He's like thirty five takes a uh, country girl, uh, Carla Gugino under his wing after she uh, goes to college in California and just can't, can't take the lifestyle. So she decides to leave when city slicker, Polly Shore takes her and gives her the worst makeover ever. Uh, and uh, travels back to her, to her families for Thanksgiving and, and teaches, uh, teaches them something about themselves. It's funny you say that. This is the second movie that I've picked that involves a makeover. <laughs> Legend of Billy Jean as well. Greg secretly wants a makeover. I do. I, I do want the nerd makeover. I want you guys to Project we'll, play, we'll play some boppy 80s music and spin me around in a barber's chair and have me like look different when you're when it comes around. Spin you right round. Yeah. Yeah. So so I actually saw this movie in the theater and I remember and this for some reason I remember being like really pumped up after this movie like yeah 
They showed the go to they showed those country bumpkins who's boss, but he learned something. <laughs> like I was really like super thrilled that they that they pissed off the jock. I didn't wasn't more. It was less about the country part and more about the jock. They kind of got that didn't get what he wants. I think I was anti jock back then. Yeah, but the jock was a douchebag. He was. He was. I just think I was. I happened to be anti, more anti jock then than I am now. You could tell he was the douchebag in the first five seconds of the movie. It's true. When he goes like this. <laughs> you get something. I'm not going to describe it. He yeah, does he a did. motion with his hand. Uh, oh, a cylindrical yeah. object. And you're just like, oh, you're that guy. Yeah. Uh, Rob, you. I forgot how much fun this movie was. And I I enjoyed it very much. It's it is not gonna win an Oscar. It didn't win an Oscar because it wasn't good, but it was fun. <laughs> it didn't win and, an Oscar, but it won the hearts and minds of two dudes sitting in their bedrooms in <laughs> Yes, exactly, exactly. There were definitely parts of the movie that I that I literally laughed out loud at, and I I had forgotten about some of them, and and I was like, oh, this movie's funny. I like it. I like it. I've got two little stories here. I'll start off with the one that's more related to the movie, and we'll see what happens with the other one. So I I've, have been doing a big project. I have not been able to watch it because I've been doing some video editing, and I couldn't watch while I was video editing. So today I got done. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this. But we had the cleaning people coming to the house. And yes, we have cleaning people because we are busy, not because we're fancy. We're not fancy. So the cleaning people come oh, to shit. the house. Uh, we're just busy Mr. in that fancy pants. Yeah, we have a lot of cat fur everywhere, basically. So they come to the house. Um, Don't even have a cat. Just the damnedest <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just weird. It would just, all said, cat fur just shows up everywhere. All your furniture that opens up just out of reach in my living room and it just dumps cat fur yeah. into the house. It's weird. But I, uh, the cleaning people, not, not so much on the English speaking. And I'm watching this movie and they come in and I'm, I've forgotten much of this movie. And the, the part that they came in on was the part when they first get to the dorm. And there's a naked dude running down the hall. And then, of course... Well, he's more kind of walking, actually. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But close enough. He's and like, then, oh, of course, look, Holly Shore hanging, hanging upside down and a 13-year-old sniffing his sister's panties, or his sister's roommate's panties. And I look over, and the one of the, the women is in my kitchen shaking her head and looking at me like, um, like I'm the crazy person. Not Polly Shore hanging upside down in the thing. So it's like, oh, boy, here we go. So I had to kind of pause the movie for a little while because I didn't really remember what else had happened in the movie. But I did enjoy watching it. I picked it because it was one of the only Thanksgiving movies that was on the list of terrible Thanksgiving movies. And Plane, Trains, and Automobiles is a good Thanksgiving movie. And, you know, wanted to... And see, uh, I liked this one better than Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Wow. Holy cow. That is mm-hmm. That is controversial. Actually, I kind of did too. But I want everyone angry at you, not me. That's fine. Because you don't care. <laughs> uh, really. The plot of this movie, in case you somehow didn't figure it out from what Jimmy explained, which Jimmy's was correct, having gotten a taste of college life, a drastically changed farm girl returns home from Thanksgiving break with her best friend, a flamboyant party animal, played by... Polly Shore! 
He was clearly a fish out of water in a small farm town. But I kind of thought that they were just kind of dicks to him. <laughs> they were. He was but really it was so hilarious. Just, I mean, just in the scenes like where he got punched and you're expecting a fight to break out. And he just kind of like starts crying and lays down mm-hmm. on the ground. He's like, why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I and, like, oh my God. and I will tell you right off the bat that the writer of this movie totally paid attention to what it's like going to college for the first time. I think mm-hmm. like PCU, which we've talked about and we'll probably talk about in the very near future, uh, is one of those movies that takes what happens in college college life ever made. Yeah. But that like really, it exaggerates it a lot. This one nails two, two things perfectly. It nails the, the parents freaking out and basically buying and bringing and doing everything. Like when they get there, like when I went Mm -hmm. with college, my parents are like, Oh, you don't have a spatula here. Here you go. You don't have this. You don't have that. I'm like, I don't need, I didn't use a spatula at home. Why do I need one here? I don't have a stove. I'm in a dorm, you know, like, Stuff like that. It nailed that, and the like the the kid being like embarrassed of their parents, mm-hmm. and it also this is a little thing, but it, it nailed when you go home for the first time from college, and you're kind of in college mode where you think all of like the parties and drinking and your buddies and whatever are cool, and you're trying to be adult and you want to like tell your parents about it. They do that in this thing where where they like are sitting at the table for the first time and they're talking about like some alcohol thing, and the parents just kind of looking at each other and they're they're like. Oh, it just, it was just such a little thing that I remembered where I was like talking about this stuff and, and my parents were like, uh-huh. Okay, great. Well, and then, and then they also did the over the top. I'm an adult bullshit where she comes home and she's, instead of calling her parents, mom and dad, she's like, mm-hmm. Connie, mm-hmm. Walter. It's like, yeah. bitch, I'm mom. That's dad. Knock yeah. it off. But I think I remember the first time I came home from college and I swore in front of my parents and like, they didn't say anything. And I like, not that I would have gotten her trouble, but like, they didn't make note of it. I was like, that's weird. But the, uh, so that aspect of the college stuff was, was like, wow. Okay. And then the farm stuff, I of course have no reference to, but. Well, but I thought they also did a really good job in nailing the whole, uh, homesickness par- portion of, yeah. you know, your first experience outside of home. Coming here, you don't know anybody, you don't have any friends, you've kind of isolated yourself. And they, they did a really good job of portraying that and and leading to her wanting to just give up college and go home because she the, hated the, it so much. And the broken, like the little wooden horse that got broken. Her memorabilia from home, correct. Yeah. Which is another thing that happened to me, oddly enough. My roommates had a party and like And they broke your wooden horse? No, it was they stole all of like my like toiletries, oddly enough. So someone's like toiletries. Yeah. They stole like I had cologne and like an aftershave kind of set thing that like my parents gave me and they stole it all. And your butt plugs. Oh, well, kind of stuff. No, I kept those very well hidden. Thank you very much. I am a professional, sir. In his butt. (laughs) (laughs) All six of them. (laughs) They might steal my polo sport, but they're not going to steal my butt plugs. My Braveheart moment. Um, Braveheart plug. With the face painted. Yeah, sport. But they will never take my butt plug. I never drink wine in podcasting. Tell us more stories, Greg. 
Oh, it's coming. All right. Uh, so yeah, that happened to me too. So there was another little thing that I was like, oh yeah, I understand that. I actually almost got the. Uh, why am I telling college stories now? I almost got. And they're they're great. My my mom, the very first <laughs> care package I ever mom? got. It, no, so I got a care package for my mom in college, mm-hmm. um, and I had I had a party like that night, and she sent me like a Tupperware container full of fresh baked cookies, and I had one of them, and some drunk ass kid, um. Like, and you know me, I'm pretty mellow. Some drunk ass kid and uh, who went to high school with us, actually. Uh, we'll talk about that later, Rob. Um, write it down on a piece of paper and hold it up. Uh, his his initials are DL and he was super smart. Um, Dagwood Leprechaun. Yep. <laughs> Good old Dagwood Leprechaun. Um, so he got really drunk. The Dagron. And he uh, was Wrong. he was he threw up in my my cookies, and <laughs> and they pulled me off of him. I I actually had him up against the wall by his throat, about to punch him, and someone pulled me away from him. So yeah, I almost got in big trouble for beating the crap out of Mister Dagwood Leprechaun for barfing on my cookies. But anyway, back to the movie. Uh, when he gets out to the country, I thought. There was some, there was a little bit of interestingness where, like, they were kind of letting him, like, they were making him do stuff to prove that it's not super fun to be a farmer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But letting him do stuff that's possibly going to kill people or break very expensive equipment, <laughs> and they kind of make mention of it. But it was like, that's a uh... that's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar piece of a machinery. Yeah, right. Not anymore. Right? It's not. <laughs> yeah. And like the one guy that was messing with him, telling him how to start the tractor and like let him drive it through a fence. And it's like, is that mm-hmm. like jokes that farm people play on each other? <laughs> like, I'm going to make him break a fence and he has to fix it tomorrow. I don't know. Check out the forums at far- farmersonly.com. You don't have to be lonely. See, that's this. This is the official movie of farmersonly.com where you don't want to end up with a poly shore. Yeah. You want to end up with another farmer. Oh, by the way, unless you were watching movies in the 90s, you didn't notice the cameo. I thought the Encino Man cameo the was best. classic. That, yeah, that was actually my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that. that is so awesome. Um, I did not remember that because I had probably seen this before Encino Man. Um, mm-hmm. Encino Man, still great. I, I think we, we might have to move into 90s territory here, and, and we might soon. But... Um, that after we have ten Robo Vampire movies to watch <laughs> to, to satisfy our fans, like twelve. Um, uh, I'm very happy that's our our best episode now. But um, I, I Rob just angrily stabs himself in the hand with a like a I'd, pocket knife. I'd, I'd like to announce an opening for a host on the Give Me Five podcast. <laughs> All right, Rob, well, it was it was good, man. For the twelve episodes in which we cover Robo Vampire, we have to hire out. No, the other scene I remembered most, and and I think I was looking forward to seeing, was the part where he goes to feed all the cattle, and he he um he puts on rollerblades. This is when he's kind of like when people are giving him the look, like the okay, mm-hmm. Maybe you mm-hmm. got some, you got gusto, kid, charisma. But uh, uh, he's uh, he straps two bags of feed to his back and he goes down the hill after pulling the bags open. And I, I thought that part was hilarious when I was when I was much younger. And now I'm like, 
those poor animals are going to starve. Because <laughs> they're not getting any food. <laughs> if you watch the amount of food coming out of there, it's like a no. sprinkle. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. What's weird yeah. is I feel like I've seen that scene other times. Yeah. Like, you know, there's certain scenes from movies that they always put in, like, montages, like the guy running from the plane from uh, North by Northwest mm-hmm. or uh, <laughs> uh, the Luke hanging on the end of the, like, thing at Bespin <laughs> or whatever. Like, there's little scenes they always put Classics. in, like, and then, yeah. Like, I feel like that scene somehow has made it in some sort of, like, Oscar telecast or, like, the line at at Hollywood Studios for, like, the great movie mm-hmm. ride or something. But I don't know. Because when I saw it, I was like, I feel like I've seen this way more recently than 1993. But I don't know. Uh, you know what's weird, you know a movie is uh, problematic when you look for the trivia from the movie. And the most exciting bit of trivia in the entire movie is that there's a poster of Billy Ray Cyrus from his debut 1992 album, Some Gave All, in Rebecca's Wall, on Rebecca's Wall in her room. Hmm. That's the extent of the trivia, really. I'm like, and what was the what was the deal with that um with that like aircraft controller bedroom she had? Mm-hmm. She was at like the top of a tower with like 360 degree glass all the way around her room. I'm like, what the f is that? Right now. You know, that, that's one of those things that always bothered me in TV or movies when they put the uh, the posters up on the walls of the teenager. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like some out-of-touch person always picks, picks those and puts them up there. And it dates movies so bad. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah. It'll be like a picture of, like, Johnny Depp from Crybaby or something. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, yeah. I did think there was it's it was pretty straightforward. There's a few things that I think would be problematic these days. There was definitely quite a bit of um, Patrick uh, Patrick uh, panty fetish from Patrick Renna, the freckly kid from mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Sandlot. Yeah, yep. There was a lot of panties. Yeah, the great Hambino. Yeah, uh, and a lot of caring about his sister's underwear and caring about what's going on with his sister's boobs. <laughs> and then when her roommate started kissing, and he's like, oh. Dad, do you have your camera with you? Oh. Yeah, her roommate turns out to be a lesbian. And which which is, seems like a, it's funny because not a big deal now. Possibly a big deal from someone from South Dakota now. Definitely a big deal back then. In a good yeah. way, for me at least. I remembered it immediately. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about this. Yeah. And the kid, yeah, the kid with the camera. Um but it's kind of interesting. It was kind of fairly progressive for its time. And then you nearly never see them again. You see them in a, like a little bit, but they just mm-hmm. kind of disappear. Because they kind of, they leave the college, of course. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, gotta love... The, the soundtrack was actually pretty good. At least one song. I got to hear Electric Harley House of Love by Green Jello. I will not call him Green Jelly. Green Jello. Which I, which I did enjoy, and I got to see Flea as a tattoo artist. Oh, in a, I was like, oh, cool, Flea. Oh, please, never act again. And, like, and I and I totally didn't understand the whole. Look at him; it, the ink soaks into the blood, and you get all freaked. Oh, look at him; he's a freak. What are you, a freak? And then Flea's like, Yeah, I guess you're right. So, what do you want? Yeah, that, <laughs> it's like what? It seemed like there was something else cut from that. Yeah, to make the scene shorter. Miss something. Like, uh-huh. Ali Shore was like trying to convince her not to do it. Or something, but as 
It seemed like a scene was missing. You're absolutely right. As I was telling Rob tonight, that's all of that stuff involving the tattoo, which actually does play a little part in the movie, was put in there because she actually had a, a tattoo of a butterfly on her ankle. And they decided to write it into the movie. So I guess they somehow knew Flea was available at the time, I guess. I don't know. It was kind of the height of the blood sugar sex magic era. And they just kind of hired him. So they're like, just go in there, say, you pick it, I stick it, and then you're good. So I don't know. I now know way too much about son-in-law, by the way. And there were there were some great scenes in there. Like I I loved the scene where where Pappy was having a heart attack, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh oh oh, okay, assess the situation, and he was gonna do CPR on Pappy. And as he leaned down to give him mouth to mouth, Pappy opened his eyes and he's like, Wah! he's like, if it's between me dying and him kissing me, I'd rather die. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, that's so great. The uh, Elsa, the cow. See, we there is a tie-in right there to Frozen. I was joking at the beginning, but the cow's name was Elsa. Uh-huh. That P is on Polly Shore. No, oh, that was great. Like, oops, wrong button. That was great. That was a good quality humor. It actually and looked I, so realistic that I'm pretty sure Polly Shore has now had a cow pee on his face. And and I completely forgot about Bartles and James. And when he got there, he met Pappy, and he was like, dude, it's Bartles or James. Which one are you, dude? <laughs> you have no idea how big you are on the college circuit. Mm. And then, like, the whole movie, he's trying to ask to Whittlewood with him. Yeah. What What was the deal? I didn't get this joke at all, the Tooth Fairy joke, when he's threatening the brother. That was hilarious. What do you mean you didn't get it? He he asked the kid, he said, have you ever met the Tooth Fairy? And the kid's like, no. You Are you sure? No. And then he's like, I wouldn't fall asleep tonight if I were you. <laughs> and he was like, Mom! <laughs> Yeah, but I don't get it. James. He was telling him he was going to take out all his teeth. Ah, buddy. But nobody Sorry. was scared of Polly Shore. No one was scared Even of Polly Shore. They're just like, yeah, okay. I'll... And how fake was that whole computer hacking thing? Oh, yeah. Then it can never get that right. Well, because computer hacking is not interesting. And and did, did was anything that he said, like, real? Mm-mm. Okay. I was like, did they just, like, throw a... It kind of sounded like they just threw a bunch of words together and tried to make it sound techy. First you wheeze upon the nuggage up here, and then you bleep the blapper or whatever you say. See, see, your 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 RAM got tweaked because it was harshing at a different set of parameters. And I'm like, wait, what? I don't even I don't even know what you're saying right now. What <laughs> I'm gonna say that to the IT guys the next time that like I need help. Let's see how long it takes for them to and I reglazed your subroutines. Yeah. Wait, you did what? Gotta tweak the peppers, bruh. <laughs> this this movie does a thing that a lot of like the Adam Sandler movies do and the other Pauly Shore movies. It's yeah, that like sucks. <laughs> I found out the other day Adam Sandler is the fifth richest person in the fifth richest entertainer in the world. Really? Yep. That's awesome. Like he's way ahead of like People like Brad Pitt and people with what's uh, with talent, but that's a whole other story. The number one is like is some guy from India who I've never heard of. But anyway, the uh, no, it's that thing where like the character is something com- is someone completely terrible and horrible, and no one you'd actually ever want to know in the real life, but they write them as the hero. Like 
Every bill, every you would never want to hang out with any of the the Adam Sandler characters. Well, yeah, you never. Really- Polly Shore's this like skeezy dude who's been in college for too long, and he's walking around basically with his wiener out, filming everyone. Yep. he's just a shit bag. Like he's like you're supposed to be like, oh, this close-minded farmer doesn't want this yeah. douche canoe. Dating well, his daughter, see, I, and I'm like, I don't want my wouldn't want my daughter he's dating this. Dude. Making fun of the guy who does tattoos, but he's all, you know, douchey. But but again, I mean, I don't really know that that was that that was. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. I I don't know that he was that he was 100 the nicest guy in the world, but he was definitely interested in Rebecca's well being. He wanted her to enjoy college. He was trying to do something that he thought would be helpful oh, for her, and it came from that's, a good that's place. By the way, out there, listeners, that is pretending to be engaged to her so that she can avoid getting engaged to her longtime boyfriend. Right. Well, but but even then, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know that that's what she was going to want to do. She just tried to get him to do something, and she stomped on his foot. He yelled and stood up, and like he said, I said the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know. I didn't know what else to do. What do you want? You know, blah blah blah. And so, yeah, it was. But I mean, he. I I honestly felt like he wasn't a genuine douchebag. I mean, he. No, no, he, no, not that. But I'm saying, like in general, like he was he was theoretically a loser. That. Yes. Was was written as a good person if you got past the nuggage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or we'll say luggage, even though nuggage is more his term. Yeah. Um, I do have to talk a little bit about Carla Gugino. The the, the love interest. The, the girl. I do love me some Carla Gugino. Yeah, she's awesome. So we just, we got to give credit. Uh, Sarasota's own Carla Gugino. Um who uh, I forgot was in this movie, oddly enough. And as soon as I saw her, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, I didn't. That was her. <laughs> I didn't connect that at all. Mm-hmm. I saw her name. I was like, You're huh? like, I just saw her tied to a bed in a Stephen King movie. <laughs> Chained to a bed uh, almost permanently. She was the mom in Haunting in Hill House. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was... Of course, we you know there was a little bit of a Thanksgiving scene. That's why we watched it. But I thought it was just a fun, stupid movie. I got to put on in the background. And uh, oh, and of course, uh, I'm glad we're all here because I can finally uh, per- get down on one knee and propose to Rob. <laughs> you know, I knew about this, and then, and then I'm, I'm gonna, gonna and then I'm gonna be like, oh wait, oh I I, I feel out of breath. What what's wrong? What's wrong? Oh. Rob, I'm glad my family is all around me. We are here all together so that I can finally tell you. Anyway, Jimmy, um, what yeah. what are you drinking there? Uh, <laughs> I have water. It's uh, good. Um, I, I filtered it myself. It's, uh, but, with your but, kidneys. Uh, it's, but, no? Are well, you reenacting okay. a scene from uh, Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, if you fail at your uh, proposal three times... Okay, honestly, if you get, try to get proposed to someone and they somehow Polly Shore shows up and says, no, she's already engaged yeah. to me, you pretty much just yeah, move just, on. Just go ahead and... Yeah. Replay. Which is actually a great segue for the story that I teased earlier. Shall I tell the story? Go right ahead. Tell the story, Greg. Okay. I think you guys probably know this, but 
So a long time ago, it was 2004. In a galaxy far, far away. It was 2004. And I, it was Christmas. It was the day after Christmas, actually. And I remember this because there was a giant fucking tsunami that basically killed, what, thousands of people? Um, it's a two, oh, holy shit. You remember weird shit. It was part of the story, kind of. It, it killed 230,000 people, actually. So tsunami hit. So I'm going over to a friend's house. And she has a friend there who comes in and goes, oh, my God, did you see the news? That's terrible. And I'm like, and we didn't know how many people were killed at the time. But I was like, oh, you mean the tsunami? And she's like, no. Did you see what Jennifer Aniston did to her hair? (laughs) (laughs) And at that point, I was like, this is the dumbest girl. And she was very, very fake looking, very like. There was a lot of work done on this girl. I was young, but I could still figure it out. Nothing was real. Mm-hmm. But she was, I was like, this I, This person is my enemy now. I hate this person and everything about them. And the better thing was I could tell that she wasn't smart enough for me to know that I hated everything about her. So anyway, apparently Polly Shore was in town doing a one of those multiple stints at a comedy club. And she apparently had gone to see the show and he picked her out of the crowd as like being hot and flirted mm-hmm. with her. So I was like, okay. And so she was talking about it and talking about it. And then I, but I wasn't really supposed to be paying attention to what she was saying, but I could, she couldn't whisper very well. So I knew what she was talking about. So we ended up all hanging out together the next day. And then she was like, she pulled me aside and she's like, I've got a question. And she's like, okay, does a guy, res-? she's like, I need to know about something. Does a guy respect you if they, if you're <laughs> no. giving, if they're giving the answer them, is no, yeah, hold on. If you're giving them oral sex and they tap you on top of the head to let you know that they're uh, done. And of course my answer was, well, it, unless it's Polly Shore. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and she immediately turned pale and was like, how did you know? Did, did you know? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, I was just picking a, someone stupid out of the air. And she got, of course, very angry at me. So that was kind of, kind of the combination of the story there. But yeah, this girl was very excited that she thought she was going to start dating Polly Shore because she hooked up with him after a comedy show in 2004, which was 11 oh, years. Wow. After wow. Yeah. 11 years after this movie came out. Um, but she got uh, she got some of the weasel. And, yeah. yeah. What's also funny is I ran into her randomly, like I don't know, five years after that point, and she very clearly knew who I was, and I was like, "Hey, how are you doing?" And she was, no, she there was no. How's like, Polly? Yeah, I, I didn't go that far, but she pretended like she had never seen me before, and I have I just looked at my ten year pictures. I have not changed what I look like in the past you know whatever many years but anyway so yeah i i know a little more about Polly shore than i probably should so there we go uh son-in-law remake no no it's no. been that story's been done so many times yeah true the like guess who's coming to dinner yeah, yeah. they try and make the yeah the, no uh Polly shore career resurgence no Probably not. 
maybe as a porn star. No, not even. He, I, I looked him up the other day. He's selling out comedy clubs of people who fifty people. Uh, I guess. Well, Polly Shore's mom was Mitzi Shore, who owned. The oh, comedy okay. Well, no, uh, she's um, like, she owned the comedy store, and she's like, she's like world famous. She's found like almost every comedian of the eighties and nineties. So she's like, she's very well known. Um, and she's, what's funny is that she, that Polly Shore always plays some like a, a dummy, but he's not it's like, here's my son. People are like, please no. Yeah. Mit- Mitzi Shore, just to, if you don't know who Mitzi Shore is, there's a lot of really good books. Um, she was the owner of the comedy store. She, she found Robin Williams, Gary Shandling, Jay Leno, David Letterman, Chevy Chase, Sam Kinison, Mark Maron, Andrew Dice Clay, Jim Carrey, Joe Rogan, Bill Burr, Bobby Lee, Joey Ditas, John, I don't know. And I don't know who John Witherspoon is, but, um, she was she was instrumental in comedy becoming what it is. So she's also instrumental in us knowing who Polly Short is, apparently. Thanks, Mitzi. Well, I mean, in all honesty, I don't doubt that Polly Short's an intelligent guy. I mean, I I I totally understand that this is that this is likely a character that he's playing. It's just one that he's had to play like his whole life because that's kind of what he sold. But he I don't doubt that he made a lot of money doing sure it. Did. So yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those dudes that play, like, certain characters, like uh, you know, Gilbert Gottfried and... Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. Yeah, we've all, we've talked about God, how Bobcat Goldthwait is, is a genius and has his own, like, shtick. Uh, Emo Phillips... No, Emo Phillips, I want to believe, is actually the way he is in... in uh, Super friggin' weird. Uh, in <laughs> in uh, UHF. I just want to believe that is Emo Phillips all the time. Boy, is my face red. Exactly. Okay, so shall we close out here? Uh, oh, the mo- uh, money, real quick. I, I did grab money. the money numbers here. Twenty million dollars to make this movie. That was actually, uh, I think it was an eight million budget, eight million dollar budget for Encino Man, which was better. Uh, opening weekend, seven million thirty three thousand dollars. It made thirty six point or thirty six thousand four hundred forty thirty six million four hundred forty eight thousand dollars, and it, so it made money. And it apparently only was released in America because it did not make any more money anywhere else in the like, world. Who's Polly Shore? <laughs> well, but it's care? also a Thanksgiving movie, and the rest of the country doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. Or the rest of the world, I mean. Yeah. The rest of the country, I'm a dumbass. The rest of the world doesn't celebrate <laughs> Thanksgiving. So That's true. They like change it to Boxing Day for Canada or something. <laughs> well, actually, Canada has Thanksgiving. It's just in October. Oh. Rob is, the, is our historian. For Thanksgiving, not quite. Jimmy, did you make any? Uh, no, you don't have to. You didn't make any nasty green bean casserole. That's good. I did last year, and it was delicious. I know. That was that was some arguments. Uh, should should we do the question of the week? Sure. I think last year or two years ago we did worst Thanksgiving foods. I believe. I think last year we did best Thanksgiving foods. Uh, this year, oh no, last year we did the we did some thankful stuff. I think this year we're going to do the same thing. So five pop culture entertainment things that we are thankful for at the moment. I will go ahead and go first as uh, is tradition seemingly. And my number five is going to be um, bloody disgusting.com bloody hyphen disgusting.com. It's where I get, pretty much all of my my horror news and i find out about such awesome movies like 
uh, the movie The Lighthouse, which is definitely going to be in my top five, still sorting it. Wait, um, I, did you see that they're doing a, a Cthulhu, like, Lovecraft Universe movie? I mean, that, did you see that? That's fine. Well, hold on. It looks awesome. There's, like, a picture of, like, of Cthulhu, of, uh, I think it's Cthulhu, like, coming out of the ocean. It's a really cool rendering, and there's a little tiny figure next to it. So I clicked on the article, and I read through it, and, like, this movie's going to be awesome. And it's, like, starring Nicolas Cage. It's like, damn it. And I, unless it's the director of Mandy. And there goes yeah. that. Yeah. That brings me to my number four, which is Sorry. A24, the production company associated with uh, movies like um, Hereditary, um, and the lighthouse. So a 24, I am, uh, thankful for the movies that they produce because they are of high quality. Number three is going to be the Mandalorian for, um, completely blowing my mind and being absolutely amazing. Number two, self-published authors such as our friend CS Umble. I, I love, being able to find these little gems that you otherwise wouldn't hear about. And number one, most thankful for our listeners writing in and uh, engaging us in pop culture and keeping us going week to week. Yes. Lighthouse available on Blu-ray January 7th. Can't wait. I think I will go. Go for it, Greg. Number five uh, might be just because it was, on my mind because I just watched it, but the Watchmen on HBO, it is a weird ass show, but it is very well crafted. It takes a ton of risks. Greg's watching the Watchmen. I am watching the Watchmen. Uh, The acting is, the acting is fantastic. The, the most recent episode did something just, it was such a cool way of doing stuff. They, they're in this world, which is set in 2019. So there's a lot of like, it looks like the future, but it's really now type stuff mm-hmm. that we've covered recently. But they, uh, on the Watchmen, there's a special drug called nostalgia that they talk about. And it's basically, they they distill your memories down into a pill form. And it's supposed to, it was supposed to be given to like amnesia, or not amnesiacs, uh, Alzheimer's disease patients. But people can get high and drunk on amnesia, which is saying something because, you know, we talk about old stuff all the time. But anyway, the, another character wants to learn about someone else's past. So like takes a bunch of the pills and the whole episode is her living this person's life. And they do it where she's like going in and out of like a black and white world and like stepping into different moments of his life. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like, and it's like literally stepping into so, like, she'll like walk out of a door and the door is just kind of sitting like in a park and you see something that goes to black and white. And, and usually flashbacks that are an entire episode or just one-off character episodes kind of drive me nuts. And I'm like, okay, get to the main story. And I was fascinated the whole time. Um, he was great. So that's my number five. I know I talked a lot about it. Number four, just rock music. Uh, you know, I'm convinced that a lot of these up and coming musicians have their parents are like mine, my age. And we are, we're like instilling the love of like alternative and rock and classic rock into these kids. Cause yeah, you know, there's bands like dirty honey, which I've talked about what was the band that you pointed out to me the other day, Jimmy, they were awesome. As You're well. the Cobra. No, it was the one that was more rock, like bluesy rock. C2 and the brothers Reed. 
them and then there was another one but well you texted it to me but you anyway, know just the fact that there's some rock out there that's doing Ruby well the hatchet yes yeah. that one um just great great music so that's that uh number three this is a weird one i'm thankful for myself because when i was yes because when i was a young dipshit as opposed to being an old dipshit right now uh, on a lot of my uh, grunge and alternative albums, mostly grunge albums, I know the musicians hate that. I kind of ignored later tracks on some of those albums, like some of the older Alice in Chains albums, some of the older Mad Season albums and other bands that I used to love back in the day. And now I'm kind of in that mode and I'm watching a lot of documentaries and reading a lot of books about them. And now I actually have the opportunity to go back and hear some of these things for the first time that haven't been you know, listened to and... 20 some odd years, if not more. So I'm happy that I was a dipshit. Uh, Mandalorian. You, it blew my mind too. I wasn't as excited about it. I read nothing about it. Yeah. And in some ways it, I think it saved the feeling of star Wars by just being what it is. And I'm not even, we might get into an argument about it, not us, but, we might be angry about it next time, but not the Thanksgiving episode, damn it. Because all right, my number one is, just like Jimmy's, the listeners, uh, thank you for everything you guys do out there. Thank you for listening, and thank you for posting and commenting, and um, you know, we're hopefully you guys enjoy, and we hope we keep you around. Oh, and I, and I guess I'll talk about the numbers, guys, because I told you guys about this. When I was looking at the the numbers for the the episode numbers. One of the reasons mm -hmm. I did that was because we, this is our best month since the, the death what, of Podcoin since Podcoin went away. So Podcoin had, um, Podcoin had pumped up our numbers quite a bit. And then when it went away, we, we obviously fell as a result, but we actually beat some of our Podcoin numbers. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So th that's because of you guys. That's because you telling friends about it, sharing, listening, um, so, yeah, it makes me happy. And now something that doesn't make me happy, Rob. <laughs> Messed up. No, I make you happy. Anyway, um, I was I was thinking about this, and I I originally had Florida Man on there because Florida Man <laughs> gives me no no end to the comedy in my day. But I you switched it to pornography. I did, I did. No, um, one of the things that I, I got to thinking about it, and I'm like, you know. I really, I really use this quite a lot during the day. Like I'll do it at work and they, they know when I've been in the lounge at work, like somebody will walk into the lounge and be like, Oh, Rob must've been in here last because I freaking love cartoon network. <laughs> I watch cartoon network all the time. And largely it's because of at least one show that I, that I absolutely adore. And that's the amazing world of gumball. It is. Have you seen that show, Greg? Uh, I saw the beginning of it, but it was very clear that I the child was with me, and I was like, "Oh, this cartoon came on." We were watching is, Teen Titans, and yeah, yeah. It is. It is so random, and it's got such a great sense of humor, and the the stuff that comes through, and that I, I, you know, there, there there are just certain shows that hit me just right, and I I really love that show, and I and I 
I mean, like if I'm going to sleep, I'll put on Cartoon Network. Like I leave Cartoon Network on for my dog when I leave the house. You know, it's it. I I just I just love Cartoon Network. Your dog must be fucking hilarious. She's <laughs> <laughs> a she's. I got forensic files. <laughs> she just started giving me this like snarl face when I come home because she's in her little. She, I, I give her a little pen so she's not locked up in a crate when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. So we give her like this this big pen fenced off area that she can wander around in. And when I come home, you know, when Jen comes home, she's like, "Oh, you're home. Take me out. Take me out. I want to. I want to run out. I want to run around. I want to be with you." Blah 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 blah. When I come home, I get the, "Oh, it's you." I'm like, <laughs> what the? like she'll sit there and she'll like like pull her her lip back and snarl at me. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, are you are you mean mugging me? What is that garbage? You let the terrier watch forensic files because those dogs are smart and you're going to end up dead and no one's going to ever find out who did it. That dog knows how to hide the evidence. Just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We have, we have gone off track. So that was Rob's number Way five. That was my number five. My, my number four is probably going to be uh, PlayStation. I mean, I play a lot of games I, and I'm still, still, Hooked on Rocket League. You do play a lot of games, and that's why it's take me so long to ask this, Rob. I'm glad my family's here for this. Will you? Will no. you, Rob? Well, but, you know, then I also like Eric. Netflix. Oh. Damn it. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, Rob's video feed got interrupted there for a second. Yeah. I've been playing. What happened? This. Oh, ring. anyway. We're just having you appraise this beautiful diamond ring that I bought for uh, you. Yeah. You son of a bitch. I um I also I also really enjoy Netflix. Netflix has got a lot of great original programming. They've got access to a lot of stuff that I like. I've been I've been going to sleep uh, recently. I've been going to sleep watching uh, reruns of Star Trek Next Generation. Like I'll put on an episode and fall asleep to Star Trek Next Gen because I've seen all the episodes, so I know. I like how but, a lot you know, of things are the stuff that he's putting on and not watching. Exactly, like stuff, I love stuff it. For his dog before he leaves, stuff for himself before he goes to bed. Well, no, but I I, li- I watch Cartoon Network at work, and like yeah, I said, yeah. everybody knows when I've been on break in the lounge because they come in and cartoons are on. They're like, "Oh my god, Rob's been in here." So Netflix is going to be my number three. My number two is going to be The Mandalorian. I I have very much enjoyed the show so far, and and to a larger extent, Disney as well. Um, Disney qualifies as pop culture. But I love all of the stuff that's been happening with Star Wars. I mean, we've got the Star Wars land that's opened. We've got the new movie coming out. We've got the Mandalorian. I think we're going to see more stuff in the Star Wars vein. So I'm very excited about the Mandalorian and all things Star Wars slash Disney. You know, it's I think it's all one giant great package. But my number one, completely self-serving. I got to agree with Jimmy and Greg. My number one is our listeners, because without you guys, none of this would be necessary. So <laughs> we really appreciate we really appreciate you listening. We well, yeah, that too. Actually, I, I would I could get behind that. Um, we get really get, appreciate you get in front of that. Actually, yeah. <laughs> we, we really appreciate you listening, letting us know what you think, get it, reaching out and getting in contact with us, sharing what you think of the show, sharing your lists. We even love having your lists. Like I said, we'll always if, if you send us lists, we'll we'll put them out there. We'll we'll include you in the show. It's you know, we we enjoy interacting with you guys. So please don't hesitate to reach out and contact us.
But that's my five. Awesome. And how can they? Uh, do you know which movie you weren't, you're going to make us watch next week? I, I did write, this is Rob's choice, and I did say it should probably be a holiday movie. So if there's any sort of holiday movie you should do. And I do have a couple ideas of stuff we can go. Maybe we can just discuss it right now. We're, we're actually running a little short. Yeah. Well, one we day we're definitely it. going to have to do the Krampus Palooza again because. Oh, God. I would Jimmy honestly. Just, just, Jimmy's head just fell. Honestly, I would really like to do I, but I don't know where to find it. Maybe you guys can help me sure. find it. I would really like to do Saint. 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 No, it's a foreign we... film. It's a oh. foreign film, but it's a Christmas horror movie. Okay. Okay. Well, we have to let's do some digging. So See we if we can find, find that. It. Okay. I think one day we should, in all sincerity, review one of the Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh God. Because There's that every- new one that came out on Disney Plus, Noel, starring Anna Kendrick. But we watch yeah, it Jen. in a language we can't speak. <laughs> Jen is watching it downstairs right now. Oh, you had to miss it. That's a shame. I know. So sad. I do love Anna Kendrick, though. So, okay, we'll figure it out. It'll be it'll get posted on our Instagram or Twitter or Twinstagram or Twinstaface. Yep. Our Instaface. The, Instaface, mm-hmm. my one. book. Yeah. Okay. All right, so if you would like to contact us, give us any suggestions for something you'd like us to review or even share one of your five lists, you can find us on Facebook if you search for the Give Me Five podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod, or you can email us directly, Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. And guys, please leave us a review on iTunes, whatever podcast app you're using. It really helps us stand out, it helps other people find us, and it brings other people into the family. Yeah, guys, and check out the store at giveme5podcast.threadless.com. I know I am very pleased with the purchase I made recently, and although uh, Greg may not have been, uh, it seemed to be a genuine mistake that they are more than happy to correct. Yeah, they actually have replaced it. Yeah, so absolutely. There was a printer error on the shirt that I ordered. Yeah, Threadless, absolutely awesome customer service. Good quality stuff. Uh, you know, if if there's a problem, they they they've owned up to it, and I think that's to be a, a very it's always great. Yeah, to see it's a great a, that's a very like that. that's somebody bumped into a printer. Shit happens, but you know, coming back and fixing it. Uh, you know, definitely check it out. It's high quality stuff. So uh, get you some cool swag. I mean, you know. Also, when looking at this episode either above it or below it i'm thinking below it we will probably have a few episodes of us reviewing the mandalorian uh we know that not everyone has disney plus Mm -hmm. we like talking about the mandalorian as you heard us talk about not too long ago we're gonna do some little quick i'm calling it the mandalorian minute but it's gonna be more than a minute and uh we're gonna do some of those on a little separate episode so if you are a mandalorian fan check it out Mm -hmm. and uh hear our Mm -hmm. opinions and those episodes are going to be a little more casual than these ones. We're going to just kind of burn them off. Not going to have to deal with a lot of this other like stuff. We're just going to talk about the show and then we're going to send you on your way. So 30 minutes or less and you can get a lovely recap of the Mandalorian where I swoon all over baby Yoda. Thanks for listening. Thanks guys. Good morning. Good afternoon. And good night. Good night.